Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. Uh, yesterday, Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota vetoed a bill that would have uh, banned uh, transgender boys slash girls from girls and women's sports in the state of South Dakota. Uh, she's taking a lot of heat from the conservative and conservatives around the country for her approach to this. But as I dig into it, I think it's a lot more complicated issue than just open and shut uh, transgenders and, and girls sports. And wanted to get all sorts of points of view on this. So I've asked our team to, jo to join in, weigh in. Um, this is gonna be an opinion piece. I don't think anybody's got a definitive answer, although maybe somebody does and I'll learn about what that is. Uh, anyway, Brian McNichol, Alona Wazeter, Frank Wazeter, Maureen O'Donnell, and Greg Columbus. Uh, thanks for joining in guys. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so Brian, you're our, uh, you're our veteran sports reporter. Let's why don't you tell me what your uh, your take on this is? Okay, so uh, the governor uh, got, received this bill from the legislature. She sent it back with what they call style and form corrections, which is supposed to be, you know, putting the commas and periods in the right place. But she did it for uh, a bunch of more substantive stuff. Like uh, one of them was she the the bill as originally written applied to colleges as well as high schools. And she worried that would run them afoul of the NCAA. Uh, South Dakota makes a lot of money on hosting NCAA events. NCAA Division II basketball is there in Sioux Falls. Um, they had a big uh, pre, one of the preseason major college basketball tournaments. They have NCAA volleyball is there. So you know, she does have something to preserve there. Um, and the NCAA would treat them like they treated North Carolina during the uh, bathroom bill controversy. Um, she also was worried about how do you determine uh, who's a boy or a girl? I mean, if, or, you know, are we, we going to check at some point? Are we going to look? Are we going to take birth certificates? Uh, what about people, you know, who don't, you know, who are changing? And what, you know, you can get your birth certificate changed. And so, like, what would be the actual measure? She didn't think that had been had been nailed down yet. And she was worried that a part of the bill that had to do with steroids would leave the state open to being sued by people who like got cut from a team because the guy in front of them did steroids and got to be stronger. Um, so there was some stuff there that she tried to get straightened out. The legislature uh, overturned her style and form revision 67 to two. So she issued two executive orders yesterday, one that says the boys, biological boys cannot play in girls sports up through K-12 in South Dakota and in colleges, they should not, but they, she doesn't order them. She just says that they should not. Mm. So that's where, that's where things stand now. Greg, you got a point of view? Sure. Well, I think uh, she's probably right about how the NCAA would crack down. Brian made the perfect uh, analogy to what happened in North Carolina. They removed ACC tournament sites, certainly for football, I think maybe for basketball as well. They made it very clear that North Carolina was not going to host anything again until that uh, was dealt with. And that that threat was 
was acted upon. So she's right about that. But the problem is, is that Christy Nome put herself out there as the leader on this issue. And it's like she didn't think it through or something before the, the legislation actually came to her desk, because it's only then that she decided that, oh, well, maybe we don't want to do this. Uh, and so even though she might have a decent legal argument, uh, politically, it's going to hurt her a lot, I think, because she put herself out there. And then as soon as the legislature gave her what she asked for, she said no. Well, this is an issue that's just come up in the last few years. Uh, Maureen, Alona, have you, do you remember any girls when you were growing up or boys growing up uh, identifying as transgender? I did not. I did not. Um, and I'm significantly older than Alona, so... <laughs> What about you, Alona? Of course, you're from you're from Eastern. You're you know you're from one of the Russian states. So, what uh, is this a, is this an American only phenomenon, or is this something that uh, is worldwide? Definitely, it's definitely unheard of. And um, if you remember the the um, few years back uh, when there was a whole problem uh, with Putin being anti you know, transgender and gay and lesbian and all of that, it, it all goes into that as well. So if you are trying to change your gender in any way, shape or form, it's definitely um, frowned upon to say the least. So if you survive, that would be <laughs> a miracle. You know, I, as, as, I, as I dug into this, it seemed to me to be less and less clear what is we're dealing with here because they're even today there are only two percent of high school students who self-proclaim as uh, as transgender and and the overwhelming majority of those are, are young women and so there are not a lot of young men who uh, would be in the category of switching over to girls so they could sp compete in men's sports and it, it, it seems to be one of these hysterias uh, 10 years ago I think only one in 10,000 kids uh, self-identify as transgender. So one in, one in, uh, in 10,000, or I think it's 0.01% self-identified. And so this is one of these issues that just come up. I remember when I was, when my, when my kids were younger, bulimia, anorexia was the, was the hysteria of the time. And then, you know, I can go all the way back to the 50s, 60s, where everybody had ulcers and, it's sort of like we have these these fads of what the what what the what the uh, dysfunction du jour is, and this seems to be this seems to be one of those. Um, am I missing something? Well, uh, you know, part of it is you know there are more people now saying this. Society's changed some, and there are people winning championships because of it, like in in sports where. You know that individual, uh, you know, physical advantage matters. Like track, uh, weightlifting, wrestling. Um, you know, I haven't really seen it. Like I'm a basketball, I coach girls basketball, and I haven't seen anybody try to, any biological male try to play against us. But it would not take. You know, the problem with these sports is it doesn't take many people to dominate them. You know, you give me two good basketball players, I can win almost every game. So. You know, it, 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 you say, well, there's not many people doing this. Well, it doesn't have to be for it to, to take championships away from a whole lot of other people. But how many instances do we really have? There have been 20 states that have put bills into, 
into legislation or into, into the process. I don't know how many have passed them, but in those 20 states, there don't seem to be any examples of, uh, of transgender athletes trying to force their way into girls' sports. Well, it's, it's a lot uh, bigger problem some places than others. Uh, Connecticut it seems to be a big problem. It's happened in track and wrestling and swimming. And there's one other for and the, the the litigation the like the lead litigation of this now is is uh, girls in Connecticut who lost sprints and middle distance running events to uh, biological boys and cost them college scholarships. Yeah, it, it, it's not fair actually um, because these women, these young girls actually, all their lives want to excel in sports, and then this happens and. They lose, like you said, um, Greg, they lose their scholarships to go to a good college. Well, it seems like it's gonna gut Title IX if this takes off in, uh, in colleges. I mean, there's been such progress in women's sports that uh, if all of a sudden women who found themselves on the tennis team or basketball team are competing against what otherwise are men, I, I, don't, know, I, don't, know where, I don't know where you take that. It seems like it, at some point it just, it sort of falls apart. Yeah, it kind of baffles the mind that the uh, feminists aren't speaking up on this because, you know, for all the things they fought for from the 60s to the present, they're remarkably silent on, on this issue, clearly affecting uh, girls and, and young women and, and even beyond. I mean, I, I think it's probably due to the fact that they're part of the coalition of the left and that's where the coalition of the left is. And so they feel like they've got no else, other place to go, but to stand by and, and kind of let it happen. But the, the ramifications of this are going to be severe. And, and to see them not even speak up on this, with very few exceptions. I know Martina Navratilova talked about it and got roundly condemned by the left. And so that probably led more people to decide not to speak up. But uh, the silence is deafening. Well, there's, we've got a writer thinker coming on the show later on in the week, James uh, Lindsay. And He's written a very interesting book co-authored with Helen Pluckrose called Critical Theory, or Cynical Theory, rather. And it's about all this crazy theoretic, theoretical uh, uh, ideas about gender, race, identity, et cetera, coming out of academia. And you know, the plain vanilla feminism of the 50s, 60s, and 70s has, has, has morphed into something a lot more radical and where they don't even recognize gender identity um, so it's not just a question of pushing women, it's a question of not even recognizing that gender differences exist. Yeah, I mean, All the victims of this are, are, are girls. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Different people benefiting, but all the victims are girls. Frank, what do you think? Well, it, it's, a, it's a huge can of worms. I mean, socially, you know, you want to say, okay, you know, whatever you're decisions are with you and your body like yeah like that that's your your thing you know you want to socially say hey you know we don't want to disenfranchise you in any way whatsoever but you come up to the situation where you know there's a lot at stake when you're talking about athletics you know for a lot of people that's the pathway to um you know elevating you know, their life, whether that's, you know, uh, opportunity with college scholarship, whether that's opportunity beyond that, you know, to play professionally. And, um, 
you know, people whenever there's a system in place or there's there's a game in place, people tend to inevitably start playing, you know, uh, manipulating that game to to whatever they can. And you know, one of the prime reasons why men and women's sports are different is that you know men and women's bodies are fundamentally different enough that it creates an uneven and unfair playing field. Um, you know, between the two, you know, there's there's a reason like men and women basketball is separated. You know, I know, um, you know, there's a conversation that we're having where Brian was saying just the game is fundamentally different because of what you can do around the rim, you know. Uh, so if you start introducing these elements where somebody has an unfair advantage because of what their biological sex was, and then that, that's now costing opportunity from somebody who is of the, you know, origin biological sex, then, then now you, you've disenfranchised somebody by enfranchising somebody. Like it, it's, it's messy. And I can see why, you know, like, you know, a governor's like, I, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, like that's, we're not ready yet. Like this is not, we don't even know what to do here because it, it's, it's a can of worms. I think it's a can of worms politically. It's a can of worms, like socially, it's a can of worms, uh, even monetarily. If you took a hundred people just on the street and ask them what they thought about this issue or whether they thought this was an important issue. How many people do you think would say, yeah, this is really important? Important, I don't know, but they have polled on this recently. And I think it's about 70 to 75 believe that biological males uh, should not be competing in girls sports and uh, transgender in general, because if, if, the, if the girls are transitioning, then they're taking uh, steroids or some other uh, substance that makes it an unfair uh, competitive advantage as well. So uh, the numbers are pretty lopsided right now, but uh, of course, as this gets pumped more and more into the culture, it'd be interesting to see if the numbers change. Well, I wholeheartedly agree that it should be a, there should be women's sports and men's sports, but this is really, the radicals are really pushing this one. I came across, when I was thinking about what we we're gonna talk about today, an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal of all places just a year ago, and it's called the race, the title is the race to replace the binary. And so where the radicals or the woke, the woke people are going this out of the campuses, they don't think it should just be a matter of male and female, um, but they should have other categories. And they start talking about something, some women are, 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 intersec, are have an intersex characteristics, which great terms, partial androgen and sensitivity syndrome and five alpha reductase deficiency, which means some, some women have more masculine characteristics than the typical woman. So therefore they should be a category. And then there's the trans category we've been talking about. And they've even gotten into thinking that, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 there's no, no categories, maybe that would be an A, B, C, and D based on your, your chemical makeup and your body. My point is, it's crazy. Yeah. Where I mean, where we're, you know, the, the, the race to replace the binary until we got into this topic, I didn't even know that was, uh, <laughs> that was a race we were in. <laughs> there's, there's, there's two fundamental I think untruths that get argued by the other side of this and I, 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 the other side may not be the right way to put it. The people who are, are oppose these bills. Um, one of them is 
that you know other that otherwise these kids are being discriminated against and and that's not true because you know if you're a biological male there is a team for you it's it's the boys team it's not the one you're comfortable playing but there is a team available to you that where you can go compete with with what really are your peers and the other thing is you know and i'm seeing this increasingly and it's incredible to me is people arguing that uh it, it doesn't give a, a competitive advantage and it's like you know i i had a one year we had uh i coached you know, i coached these travel teams and aau teams and stuff in basketball so the girls i have are pretty good athletes you know we're not we're we cut people we have we we take the best players and so one year there was no uh there was no girls league our girls league fell apart so they said if you want to play you have to play in the boys league and we said yeah we you know we wanted the games and so we, we lost every game. We, we were a couple. We were close a couple of times, but it's like every uh, every fifty fifty ball they got because they had stronger hands. Uh, we would reverse the ball around to the other side of the court like pros, and then they're fast enough to where they could recover. So we didn't really get any advantage out of it. Um, it was hard to get the ball in, and then there was stuff like, you know, we played against this one guy who. D deliberately like showed up stinking as bad as he could like smelled like both bathroom <laughs> and locker room and you know the girls didn't want anything to do like, with we're them playing. and the girls like there was a timeout and the girls like we're not covering 15 anymore coach like, wow. <laughs> like what are we gonna do like if he gets the ball he's gonna go in and score because we're not standing in the way <laughs> for the rest of the game and i you know luckily for us the other team did not realize it and give him the ball every time because i mean they could have scored 200 points on us but you know there's all kinds of st stuff that happens like that um there's not enough you know people say oh give them their own league there's not enough for that right and i can tell you as somebody who's coached for 40 years you know the people that you're asking to do this the coaches of the world uh they don't they're not about excluding right their their whole thing is to get kids doing activities right so you know when you say hey exclude this person you know that doesn't sit well with anybody but you know as frank said it's a sticky issue because there's really not an apparent good fair equitable answer these are, these are colliding competing rights and and it, you know it's not sure it's not clear like you know who or what or how it's how it should come out well do you think this of, very, as you guys know i'm i'm very in I'm very troubled by China and, and China's grand ambitions. And, and I, I look at China and what it's doing to become a dominant power worldwide. And I, and I compare the things they're thinking about and working on versus what we're doing. And I think by comparison, we're an incredibly silly, self-absorbed, narcissistic country worrying about issues that don't warrant any worrying. Well, we're worrying about, you know, having four categories of sex and sports they're they're using genetic engineering to try to develop uh, uh super warriors and and super now, women olympians you know they, they don't you know china's solution to this is to drug the girls until they <laughs> well that's like the eastern europeans i mean lona you saw this you know that was the time back in the in the in the in, in my era where we always compete against the soviet union every year and for every four years in the Olympics, and that was, and the East Germans in particular were notable for their uh, their biological reengineering, 
but is this is this something that you look at what's happening in the military now, and you look at what's happening with uh, uh, putting a, a, a general in charge of diversity and special forces, and bringing women into that? Is this is this argument about sports feeding directly into the argument about who should be in combat? Yeah, and it's and it's what you said earlier. It's you know is there really is it really just men and women or is it or is it you know 50 different flavors or whatever well and it's it's about dividing by group uh and it's something we see in politics all the time uh divide by race divide by class divide by gender now it's divide by uh this issue and if if you're not in some circles you're you're declared a bigot i mean there was an article in the usa today last week when oral roberts was still in the sweet 16 about whether they should even be allowed in the tournament because of their school charter uh being you know biblically based oral roberts being a famous preacher of course so i mean this is not just a matter of we support this it's getting to the point of you will agree with this or you don't even get to participate well, well specifically oral roberts requires the kids to sign a, a pledge that they will that they're not homosexual and won't engage in homosexual activity and they view that as a biblical uh pledge and you know deeply christian christian baptist uh I, I, I think that they're in trouble because the NCAA, as you know, is incredibly woke, incredibly progressive. I think once that argument gets out there, I can see Oral Roberts, in fact, getting banned by the NCAA, as crazy as that seems. Uh, you know, NCAA, you know, the, they need to explain if they're going to be, you know, woke and all this, you know, why is there this big, beautiful emblem on the floor of the men's games, you know, that says March Madness and you know, it's on the women's games. It's stamped women's basketball, right? Yeah. What's more oh, today today? Oh, this must be women's basketball. There it is on the floor. You know, and I, I guess you heard a thing about the weight room. Like the mm -hmm. men had this big elaborate weight room at their bubble in uh, Indianapolis. And the women had one rack of weights for everybody to share. And then they quickly and, fixed huh? it. <laughs> and then they quickly fixed it. Well, did they? Yeah, because, you know, I mean, they're, like you say, they're the chairman of wokeness. How did you make those mistakes if you're them? I mean, it's, it's really, you know, the NCAA is down to all it really does anymore is administer championships and especially the basketball championship. And how do you, how do you make these mistakes? I mean, you know, the, the, the carelessness of that operation should cost a lot of people their jobs. Well, Maureen, weren't you making the point that men's basketball is called basketball and what do they yeah. call women's basketball? Yep. You know, men's, you know, all men's sports are basketball, football, wrestling, you know, all of that. And then it's always women's basketball, women's soccer, you know, and it goes down the line and, and, you know, why can't they just be NCAA basketball <laughs> or men's be men's basketball? You know, who knows? Well, get Brian, I, I think the instant they call the women's tournament March Madness, that will be considered sexist. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Elona, you, you want to chime in here? Anything that, that strikes you as strange about America? Um, well, On this a couple topic. of things. Yeah. Nope, up a can of worms. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. I'm like, yeah, this is American issue. <laughs> but um, in all reality, when you were asking about, you know, asking 100 people whether it's an issue or not, um, 
I really, it's really interesting because when you never talked to someone who is transgendered, who actually been having issues as a male and therefore they decided to switch into a female or vice versa, before you actually talk to those people, before you've encountered those, those guys and girls, it's really hard to have an opinion, quite honestly, if you've never been around them. Um, and they're one of the uh, people that did share something with me. That was a very interesting situation where um, the guy I was taking class with, he was born with both genders, as weird as it is. Um, and his parents decided that he, he's going to be a female. But growing up, he wasn't able to actually do anything as a female. Like, he, he didn't feel in his right skin, so he switched into a male. So what do you do with those guys <laughs> where it's not even their choice? Was saying the governor of South Dakota was dealing, part of her objection was what you're talking about. What do you do with the people like that? So, and then another part is that when I was in um, middle school and high school, I was doing sports and I was on marathons. And uh, one time they had a glitch in the system. They didn't put me in uh, with, all the girls in my team with all the female distance for that particular distance. So they had to put me in with two other guys. It was miserable running with those guys. It was 100 mm. meters distance. It was impossible for me to catch up. And we we're talking about like, I think it was about eighth grade. So there, the, dis, the difference is starting to, to be right. gapping more and more you know in fifth grade I would beat any guy on, in our school in eighth grade there there's there's a difference that starts to appear so people who say oh you know there's no absolutely no difference in actual gameplay or anything like that are very wrong and most likely never had that issue to begin with so people who are naturally born with that you know with being a guy they will have an upper hand over girls just by the way the physique is whether they change gender or not because there are certain things that are put into us that you can't change well serena williams has been asked about this and a uh, guy on NPR said to her, you know, isn't it time we stop calling you, like you were talking about Maureen, the best women's tennis player in the world and start calling you what you are, the best tennis player in the world. And she said, I would not be the 300th best tennis player in the world, right? So I wouldn't even rank in the top 300 in the mm -hmm. men. Well, she was, allowed, she was allowed to say that. John McEnroe said the same thing. And boy, did he get in trouble. Yeah. He said she wouldn't even made the tour. And we we did a show with uh, on uh, a woman did, called Joyce Benenson who wrote a book called Warriors and Warriors. And talk, she talks about the biological sex differences. And one of the biggest one is, is the ability to throw a ball. 
and that's a very sex determined thing. And coming back to Serena, the, uh, the, the most significant sex difference in tennis is the overhead serve. And so the people who are talking about maybe we need four categories want to neutralize, we're talking about neutralizing tennis so that you can't serve overhead, you got to serve, you know, underhanded or something like that. I don't know, it's crazy. Okay. But my point is, it, this, this, this rush to, to, to handicap people change this or that is, is getting into uh, very deep and strange waters. Yeah, I mean, you look at the women's tennis game, and I like to, to watch women's tennis and men's tennis. Sometimes the women's tennis is more compelling because the points last longer. The men uh, are, <laughs> are so dominant, they, they charge the net. Their ground strokes are so hard, the points are over quicker. But, I mean, you watch a Serena Williams match when she's on, her serve will overpower just about anyone on the women's tour. Yeah. Put her over on the other side. Uh, it's not going to be nearly as effective. And, and like you guys said, even she's admitted, I think she was asked about it around the time Andy Murray was number one in the world. And she says, I don't know if I'd win a game against him. And, and, and so to compare the two and to equate the two is, is not helpful to either side. I mean, she is the most dominant women's player of all time. I think it's pretty safe to say. And so that should be celebrated. Uh, but to then try to muddy the waters about who's really the best. I mean, there was a uh, comparison just the other night on SportsCenter about uh, number of consecutive Final Fours made by the Connecticut women, and it's now higher than the number made by UCLA back in the 60s and 70s. And so, yeah, the number's higher, but it's, you're really comparing apples and oranges here. And, and so it's, I don't think it's fair to either side to try and uh, blur the lines, uh, whether it's just gender versus gender, or then when you throw in the transgender element, it gets even muddier. I think and what's the per think and, and and the purpose of sport is is you know I don't I can't give us the purpose of sport I, as soon as I said that there are about ten, <laughs> 10 purposes of sport but it is fun to see uh, similar people competing and and it's fun to watch women's tennis uh, I find men's basketball more interesting than women's basketball but still you look at UConn women and they're fantastic uh, um, final thought here because we got to go. We got to, you know, we're running out of time. Uh, Christy Nome, uh, is her uh, political career done? Nationally, I think it is. She might get reelected. She's still pretty popular for how she handled the COVID outbreak. But uh, in terms of her having the same buzz as a DeSantis or obviously a Trump, if he decides to run again, I think that's been diminished. Could it been re can it be rehabilitated? Yeah. Politics, 15 minutes is a lifetime nowadays, but she took a big hit. Any other thoughts? I, I, I think that it'll take some time. Um, yeah. I think that the problems on, for her in the 24 cycle don't really have to do with this, right? I think she's behind some people in name recognition and so forth. And it's hard to get elected from South Dakota to be president anyway. So, you know, I think it'll take some time. But I, I think in 28, she's pretty young. Uh, she would still be very much a contender. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, and the more I got into this issue, just to do a little background work for our, our show, it's much more complicated than than a headline and the 24 news cycle. It's very, and I think she, I, I sort of liked the way she got into it and said, well, this is not a black and white one size fits all. Maybe we need to be more thoughtful. And, she, you know, she was being practical too. I mean, the NCAA, uh, um, you know, matters. So, I mean, to apply a purity test to every politician, every time they make a decision like this, where it's a 80-20 decision or a 60-40 decision, and then, and then excoriate them. I don't know. It's a, 
it's a, it's a tough world and I'm glad I'm glad I'm not running for office because uh, not a good long-term strategy yeah no. party. <laughs> all right guys thank you uh, this is extremely interesting and I uh, uh, hope, hope you listeners and viewers enjoyed it and we'll be back for another round table and in three or four weeks when uh, something interesting like this comes up again. So thanks for watching, listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.